Hi, I'm Christine Roney. Welcome to the Roney Writes Podcast. The tagline for this podcast is, let me tell you a story, because that's what these recordings are about, stories. I love to write them, and I would love to share them with you. This is Episode 9 of The Missing Key. We are starting today with Chapter 20. So let me tell you a story. The Missing Key, an L.A. Bay Mystery, by Christine Roney. Marco threw his cell on the desk. He was disgusted and furious. How could they mess this up? When the call came in, he thought his man would tell him it was done. He closed his eyes. He should have handled it himself. Would she run to the police? Or go underground? He could only hope she made the latter choice. He didn't believe she could stay off his radar for too long. He would find her. His phone beeped with a text. He grabbed it off the desk. His father was summoning him. He grabbed his keys and slammed out the front door. He's on the move. Joe swiveled his chair toward the only other occupant of the van. Scott had dozed off. He hadn't slept well the night before, and his lack of sleep, combined with the warmth of the van, did him in. It took him a second to register Joe's words. Then he slid open the door that separated the back compartment from the front seats. He climbed behind the wheel and started the van. Joe's voice came through his earbud. Looks like he's heading toward the club. Scott made a U-turn and drove toward the freeway on-ramp. Brenda paced back and forth in front of the two queen-sized beds that took up most of the motel room. She had turned the TV on in hopes it would distract her, but it just became background noise as she stared down at the threadbare carpet. As soon as she had closed and locked the door, she had called Paula. They found me. Who? Two men. She told her about Al and how she had seen him fall to the ground. I don't know if he's okay, she said between sobs. It's my fault. I'll call the hospital, see if I can find out if he's okay. Thanks. How did they find you? I don't know. I was really careful. Your tent. Forget the tent. I'm going to call my brother. I'll call you back. Ten minutes later, Paula called back. He'll be there to pick you up in the morning. Try to get some sleep. I don't know your brother. You'll like him. He's a cutie. I'm scared, Paula. It'll be okay. Brenda hung up. If she testified, she was in danger. But even if she kept her mouth shut, she was in danger. How was she going to get out of this alive? She threw herself on the bed and cried. She cried for Kathy, for Leland, for Ryan, and for herself. She wanted to talk to her mom, but she didn't want to get her parents involved. It was bad enough that she had run to them after she saw Leland get shot. At the time, they were staying in an RV park up north. She tried to pretend nothing was wrong, but her mother saw right through her. When she broke down and told her what was going on, 
her mom and dad convinced her to call Ryan's attorney. She set up a meeting, and she convinced her parents to continue their journey to Canada. They had made reservations at a park near Vancouver. She waved them goodbye and headed toward the meeting with Quinn. But then fear took over. She sat up, hugging a pillow. She couldn't call her mom. She'd get through this somehow. She picked up the remote and started channel surfing. Allie was in the loft getting it ready for open mic night. There was a full sign-up list for that evening's entertainment. Michael's name wasn't on it, of course, because he was gone again. He was playing at a festival in Denver. Her eye stopped on Tony's name as she perused the list. She smiled. She enjoyed his music. And, if she was honest, she enjoyed his company. At the bottom of the list she saw Jeremy's name. Good. Jeremy had a big following. People loved his satirical poetry. Having both Tony and Jeremy there tonight promised a big turnout. She could use the distraction. Her phone rang. She put down the list and fished her cell out of her pocket. She looked at the caller ID. Quinn. Hi, Ellie. I just wanted to let you know we're making arrangements to come down there for the trial. Daniel and I are both coming. We'll be staying at a hotel near the courthouse. It'll be good to see you. You too. How long will you be here? We have no idea. Daniel told Ryan to get a local attorney, but he wants Daniel to defend him. I can't blame him. If I got in trouble, I'd want Daniel too. Are you flying or driving? Driving. Let me know when you're here. I'd like you and Daniel to come over for dinner. It's a date. Talk soon. Allie was in her office when she heard music float down from the loft. She got up and was starting toward the stairs when Tony came clamoring down. He stopped when he saw her. You're here awfully early. Yeah, I wanted to get some practice time in. I was just coming down for a coffee. He looked around. I'm not disturbing your customers, am I? No, the music sounds good. I need to make some more coffee. I'll bring you a cup when it's ready. Ellie sat in her office trying to do some paperwork, but her mind kept wandering to Brenda and the choices she faced. Ellie hoped she was okay. No one knew where Brenda was, and Daniel hadn't been able to reach her to set up a meeting. Maybe Brenda changed her mind about meeting him. She thought of giving Amanda a call. She pulled out her phone and started to look up her number when the phone buzzed in her hand. Ellie answered it. Hey, I was just going to call you. Chapter 21 Brenda sat on the edge of the bed, biting her fingernails. She was waiting for Paula's brother. She had been so freaked out the night before she forgot to ask his name. She sent Paula texts. No reply yet. She heard rain hit the roof of the motel. She turned the TV on and searched for a weather report. She saw a banner across the bottom of the screen on one channel. It was a storm warning. She turned the volume up. A weather woman was talking about a storm that had blown in from the ocean. 
She said a second storm was forming behind it. She got up and looked out the window. It hadn't rained in a while, and the puddles forming in the parking lot had an oily sheen to them. She texted Paul again. She was worried about Al. Maybe she should call the hospital. See if he was there, and if so, how he was doing. She tapped the browser on her phone and typed in the name of the local hospital. She started scrolling through the results when she was startled by a knock on the door. She stood still. Another knock. Then she heard her name. Brenda. She walked to the door and opened it, keeping the chain lock on. A man stood there, in jeans, and a sweatshirt with a hood pulled over his head. He had sunglasses on, so she couldn't see his eyes, but she felt them on her. I'm Justin, Paula's brother. She let him in. Paula said you need to hide out for a while. She nodded. Grab your things. Let's go. She followed him out into the parking lot, where a dark blue van waited. That is the end of Episode 9. Come back next week for Episode 10. If you're enjoying this story, please help me spread the word. Tell your family and friends about the podcast and be sure to let them know that they can listen for free. You can also subscribe for free and by doing that, you'll automatically receive the latest episodes downloaded to your computer, phone, or tablet. Go to my website, ronywrites.com for more information on how and where to subscribe. Also, please consider leaving a short review on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you listen on. Goodbye for now, until the story goes on.